Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is... Pat O. And also... Courtney Block. Oh my gosh. So, it's no surprise to you guys, we are having guest time. It's guest month and a half, right? I mean, we're like booked up all the way through up to like mid-September. And then probably beyond that. So we are going to continue to bring you guys another round of amazing guests that of course you guys nominate and you tell me that you want to hear on the show um that opportunity is is not really closed if you guys decide you can think of somebody else you'd like to hear on the show just let me know and i will bother them in their dms and cyber bully them until they agree to come on um courtney knows i bullied her into coming on it was so difficult um i tried to twist her arm to get her on here so <laughs> obviously that's not true um pato how was your weekend uh, it was pretty good. I did not go to Cryptid Bash. I did not go to the Midwest Conference of the Unknown. I did not go to Flashback Weekend here in Chicago, nor did I go to the Bigfoot Festival in Ohio. Uh, it, most of my friends on social media were at one of those four, and I was on my couch watching Hellier, uh, <laughs> watching uh, Shaw Brothers movies, and watching Prey Friday night with yeah. my daughter. Wow. So. Yeah, I didn't do shit. I uh, I just kind of hung out and watched TV. Um, powered through. I was reading Sex and Rockets, The Occult World of Jack Parsons by John Carter. And um, I've been wanting to read it for a while now. I think Aaron Dees had mentioned it mm-hmm. on one of his Instagram live things. And uh, it had been in my book queue. And with me rewatching Hellier, or not rewatching Hellier, but watching season two for the Patreon, it kind of motivated me to get off my ass and actually read it. So um, that was good. And then I powered through that because I wanted to start reading, researching the paranormal Courtney's book so that I could be an effective interviewer this week. Um, <laughs> okay. But that's it. Yeah. Lots of reading, lots of watching stuff. Um, um, f- uh, spoiler free. How, how did you like Prey? How I, I dug it. I thought it was like, I thought it was good. You know what I mean? Um, my daughter wasn't... <laughs> So I thought, I thought one of the reviews that I read said that it was like a YA, uh, you know, predator movie or something or that it was kind of like geared towards like, you know, teenage girls. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'll watch it with my daughter and she was, she could not have cared less. Oh. Like, did, did it care that it was a female protagonist? Didn't care that it had a strong feminist message. Didn't give a shit. Me and my son were completely enthralled by it. Uh, okay. we thought it was awesome, but she, she could give two fucks. So, um, I don't know if that's what it was really going for, <laughs> but as an action movie, it was very effective. I dug it, you know. Sure. The, the Predator movies are kind of like, you know, I don't count the Alien versus Predator ones because those are garbage. But as far as like the core Predator films, they're all pretty solid. Like there's not too many missteps. There's not like a huge number of them. They're one of the, I feel like the the better curated franchises. And, um, you know, Predator 2 is kind of like one of... I, I would say probably like my favorite one of the series. I mean, the first one's a classic, but the, the second one's really strong. And I would say that this one, uh, Prey, is right up there, definitely within the top three. Sure. I, I You know, I, I liked it. I mean, with Predator, you get what you, you know, you just, they like to hunt people. That's it. And are the people going to yeah. Somebody will, you know? And so that's, it, it's all the same formula. People are being so nitpicky about certain things. And it's just like, you know, at some point in time, you guys got to just stop and maybe realize that you don't like movies as much as you think that you do. Um, you know, because it's just good fun, right? I mean, who cares about the lore and the bullshit? If you want the lore and the shit, go read the comics, you know, get off the big screen and go read the comics. This is just for 
exactly what it was an hour and 40 minutes of just fun you know and that's that's what it was it delivered Courtney did you watch the prey movie or maybe you're not a predator fan I don't know (laughs) no I haven't seen it yet but I've heard people talking about it and I like the predator movies and it was funny because earlier today I was browsing some things on Hulu because you can watch it through Hulu right yeah yeah, and I saw, uh, I was thinking to myself, maybe I'll watch it later tonight. So I do plan on watching it. So, yeah. it's You'll like it. it it's Well, I don't know. I guess I we don't know each other. I'm just going to assume that you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. I mean, if it has like a female protagonist and a feminist message, like you were saying, Pat, I will probably dig it. Did anyone watch Sandman this weekend? I did not no. watch Sandman. That's... I probably won't. That's the other one that's that was all over the internet. I watched the first episode. My sleep schedule was all fucked up. So, like, I, I was up late one night, and I watched the first episode. And I was not a huge – Sandman's, like, a little bit before my time as far as – I mean, I, I love comic books in high school, but I was probably, like, five years after that. Like, when I started reading Vertigo comics, like, that's when Sandman was ending. So it's kind of, like, a bit too old for me. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, the big – uh hopefully it does well i like neil gaiman i like his i like his books and his comics so um american gods was kind of a huge hit so hopefully he uh they do multiple seasons of it i only read like the first two trade paperbacks of it so i'm like vaguely familiar with it but i don't know the whole entire series and all the lore and shit so you're saying that if you like it or don't like it it doesn't matter because your opinion doesn't matter because you didn't read it I think like you pretty much know if you're gonna like you said you're not gonna watch it right like you're just like no I'm not gonna watch it yeah see like you know already I think yeah right like I think people pretty much get it you know sure okay well Courtney how was your weekend oh my goodness (laughs) okay my weekend was jam-packed and also too like Pat you were saying I I didn't realize there was so much stuff going on this weekend um yeah it's like the bigfoot festival in ohio that sounds amazing yeah i was there i'm gonna talk about that when it's my turn oh my god (laughs) i went there i'm so glad you went there because i want to hear about that um (laughs) but yeah i was at the midwest conference on the unknown and that was held in cape Girardeau, missouri which was a beautiful little town i had the opportunity to uh wander it a little bit um at the conference this weekend, but it was the first time that this conference has been held and organized by Michael Huntington and Ken Murphy. And it was so, it was just such a wonderful conference. Like it was just so smooth. Everything seemed pretty seamless. Um, The people that I got to meet, it was so lovely. And I got to talk to people about you know research and gathering research and how to find information so it was like the marriage of like my librarian self and my weirdo self and i just had so much fun wow well congratulations on your uh, marriage um (laughs) thank you (laughs) it looked like it was a lot of fun i had no idea this was even an event going on until like just this week when i when i saw the waylands were posting about like we're gonna be there and i'm like how do i i never know about these things until they're right there yeah, we have that like like Facebook chat group, and I just assumed that they would be notifying me every time they drove past my house. Right. And they literally, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm assuming they drove straight through my state 
to get from Wisconsin to St. Louis. <laughs> they drove. They drove and even parked right in front of your fucking house. I'm sh- no. I live right off. I live right off 57 and 94. They would have had to have drive literally right by my house, and not a single word. Not a single fucking word. So, thanks, guys. I'm going. I'm going to Madison in October, and like we we I let them know, and we set up a whole thing, and like yeah, if I if I go into their territory, I let them know first. They come Aww. through Chicago all the time. And they don't say shit to me. Oh so, my gosh, I'm that whatever. way. I, I'm I'm that person. I'm like I'm gonna be just in that vicinity of somebody. Let me see if I can stop real quick. But some people aren't. You know, it's with these long drives. I like that though. I like breaking up the long drive and like taking a break to go do something and like a detour. I think it helps. Um, certainly makes the trip more interesting. So I don't know. I wouldn't take it personally, but it was 100% personal. The Waylands are just mean. They're just so mean. And that's how they are. This is propaganda, by the way. That's not real. Um, No, they're great people. That sounds fantastic. Did you do well on your, um, I'm assuming you, was was there a lot of people that a lot of people show up? Yes. So I think that for a first time conference, it was very well attended. Good. Um, I have gone to paranormal conferences, conventions like in the past, but this was my first time being a speaker and being like on that side of things. Um, And I think for, so I don't really have anything to compare it to in terms of being like a speaker, but I, I think for a first time conference that it was very well attended and it's gotten people's attention and they're hoping to do it again next year. Uh, and my session was on Sunday morning. <laughs> so I, I think for having my session be Sunday morning at 10 a.m. that the turnout was really good. I mean, I think there was maybe right. 15 to 20 people Um which I mean, like I said, for a first time conference, I think was, you know, pretty decent. Sure. Yeah, and if each one of those people buys a book, you get like $14,000, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the $14,000. Uh, I'm just going there. off the price of these things. I'm like, Jesus, you, don't, you only need to sell like seven a year. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but what I thought was cool about that conference was that, yeah, it was three days. I mean, a lot of these yeah. conferences, or six hours on one day and there was did was there a friday night or did you guys just set up friday there was yeah the conference did start on friday so it was it friday opened. saturday sunday like that's yeah. that's a lot of content you don't that's it like was. a comic book convention or something you know what i mean like you don't see yeah. that for the paranormal conventions a lot it so was a lot that's really yeah. impressive they could pull that off yeah it was it was really it was really really good i think that one of the um co-host Ken I believe that um he and his wife have hosted and been involved with comic cons at that same convention center in the past and so I think uh, I got the sense they definitely brought a lot of experience uh with them to yeah so that might explain some of that (laughs) well that's great well I'm glad that you had a productive weekend and that you still have the energy to get up on a Monday to talk yeah so well, it, it was so funny that you say that because yeah i messaged you right before this and i was like so is this audio only or is there video and i am so glad that you said it's audio only because i am a little exhausted 
listen little no i wouldn't do that to you i'm uh i'm not a i'm not a slave driver um and I, like i said if, if you know what if i have to podcast with clothes on then it's just not worth my time um <laughs> that was the perfect response i love <laughs> like it should go like cross stitched on something like a pillow or a oh frame or something we can make t-shirts um <laughs> usually that's how the t-shirts come about well great i'm glad i'm glad that you're here um i had a good weekend i like i said went to the the hawking hills bigfoot festival which was the first one that this this group of people have ever held um there is a big bigfoot festival in ohio that happens um twice a year um but this was separate from that this is the first time that they did it and um so we went it was on friday and saturday and we went on saturday and when we got there and we probably got there mid-afternoon um pretty much everything was sold out so that's a really good sign <laughs> that a lot of people you know showed up and that's great it was popular um you know I, I went i saw our buddy um jeff craig who he's been on the show before he did the map in black he was there um always great to see friends at one of these things i think he was the only person that i knew that was there so that felt good um, but he was already, I mean, he said, yeah, they've done really well. And it rained. I mean, God, it rained all weekend and people still showed up for it. Um, but it was fun. They did, um, you know, they, they had a Bigfoot call um, contest, uh, you know, each day. So you could go and do your Bigfoot call. Um, there were casts there. It was actually the first time that I'd ever in person see, seen some of these Bigfoot casts. Um, I saw the Paul Freeman cast and I saw the um, Patty cast. And then they had some casts that were actually taken in Ohio. Um, so that was really neat, um, but you, it was disgustingly hot, and you know, not so much hot. It was fucking humid, and it was disgusting. And you could just stand there and not do anything, and just pour sweat, and that sucked. Um, but <laughs> that's a summer con for you. That's <laughs> how it outside. So um, it was good. I actually watched a lot of things this weekend, and that does not normally happen. So I do this thing where I work myself to death. And then I just fucking crash and burn and I'm just like, fuck it, I'm not doing anything. That's what I did this weekend. And that's when I get a lot of like my media intake in. <laughs> so <laughs> I did that. I don't recommend it, um, but that's what I did. And I, I watched Prey and like I said, I liked it. I finally wa watched the McPherson tape. Um, oh, wow. You, I did. I, you, you never saw that? No, never did. Wow. What'd you think? Um, You know what? I'll be honest with you. Like the beginning sequence when they're like just having the birthday party and they're just normal people. I'm like, this is all really believable. You know, they're kind of looking for yeah. the UFO and they're like, you know, they're looking for it and they're like, oh, remember that time we ate those beans and they start talking about farting and then like, that was all really believable and genuine. But mm -hmm. then it's like after the shit goes down, the acting goes down. <laughs> it goes way down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so how I got, I never saw, I saw, I've seen the movie since then, but um, the way it was presented to me was um, Channel uh, I don't know what the UPN or I forget it was it was channel 50 here in Chicago but they ran a special that was um where they took ex excerpts from the McPherson tape and they cut in talking head footage with like fake uh crime scene investigators and police and and ufologists and stuff to make it seem like this was uh, a tape that was found footage, right? right. And, it, and it was a, a panel of experts that were reviewing it and talking about what we were seeing in different segments. So you didn't have to watch it all the way through so they could cut out some of the weaker stuff. Okay. And it seemed a lot more believable. I mean, the costumes are still like, 
they're terrible kind of, yeah but <laughs> but you know what it, it's one of those things where like what would it you, you don't know what an alien looks like so there's that and the fact that it's from a distance it's like you can easily see that it would be a costume but it's not so up close that you can see the zipper or anything and when they do it if they use it sparingly um then it's it works just enough to be unsettling. Well, for me at least, as a kid, it was very unsettling, you know. Um, well, this was before the Blair Witch Project. Oh right? yeah, this was before this was like ninety two. Yeah, what was what was what we know it now, you know. So I could see, and like the beginning of it, it kind of starts off with like this kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre title card, you know. Oh, this really happened. It's real, um, and then it's all shot on video, and I mean, and it's really poorly shot. I mean, you know instantly all the power goes out and it's nighttime you know so it's right it's a very easy movie to make um it's not the worst movie i've ever seen it's i, I enjoyed it i enjoyed it for what it was um mm-hmm. so it was good and then i also watched the uh the woodstock thing on netflix oh i haven't seen that yet but i want and to it was uh you know i guess it's good i mean if you're into like tragedies and you know we all know about the uh what was the one that happened last year the astroworld tragedy that happened i mean if you're into stuff like that then you'll be into the woodstock thing on netflix so anyway that was my weekend i uh i don't have any news this week (laughs) sad right um but i don't know you know there's some things out there um you know i did i posted a ufo video on the discord if you guys are part of the patreon you can get on there and watch that um you know it's there speaking of the patreon pat kind of spoiled a little bit but that's okay we are going to be covering hellier um and talking about our thoughts on it pat oh just you finished it didn't you yeah i finished season two on i was texting you like what was it saturday morning about it yeah yeah right so yeah (laughs) that was uh yeah and i i you know we haven't done the episode yet but i i will say that coming at coming at it as both a uh content creator um somebody that uh has made films a filmmaker and then also kind of like somebody that's really into the paranormal someone that's really into the occult somebody that has been an entertainer before um i come at i'm we're we're, this isn't just like us shit talking hell you're for the sake of being edgelords right like i i am i'm bringing a very nuanced very uh very broad range of uh critique to this and I, I spoiler alert i didn't hate all of it um you know i there's a lot of it there and there's a lot to unpack and we're going to get to it in the podcast and the, the patreon episode but um yeah i'm really excited to talk about it in depth because there's so much going on and then especially having yeah. uh just read the jack parsons book and even kind of getting into courtney's book that we're going to talk about this uh today like uh i don't want to i want to say there's a lot of synchronicities because that sounds like you're drinking the hell in your fucking tea but like there it just it it, it all came along at the right time you know sure. there was a lot of stuff that kind of lined up and i'm very excited to talk about it sure. Courtney, are you familiar with the show at all i am familiar yeah i i actually really like it uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, I am familiar uh, with with Hellier, and I've rewatched it a couple of times. And wow, yeah, um, I like the the some of the sort of like philosophical questions that it raises. Uh, I think I probably bring a different 
uh, viewer perspective to it than you do because I have zero experience with you know films or filmmaking or anything. Uh, but yeah, and I also like live right on the border of Kentucky. Uh, I live right across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. So there's that sort of Kentucky um, perspective to it as well. Please say Louisville again. Louisville. <laughs> mm. That's oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just the thing I have. Just the thing I have. That's a first. Oh my god. Oh really? Oh. (laughs) Apparently, Courtney, you need to you need to record that one and sell it. I had no. I I I I dated a girl from Louisville, and I we were she was really into like uh, techno music, and I recorded her once in Louisville. And then I put together a uh, like a house music track <laughs> with like the sample oh Louisville. You would. Oh, you're so weird. It makes my toes curl. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. This um, is hilarious. <laughs> I told you you should have listened to it before you agreed to come on. No, I'm just no. kidding. Um, yeah well no so it's right judgment free on what your opinions are about hellier you know again if if you're paying for the patreon you're paying to hear our opinions about it and right so some people apps some people that are investigators absolutely fucking hate it and some people that are fans absolutely fucking love it so i mean you know you kind of have you either love it or you hate it kind of opinions and uh we've got our own opinions to share about it so if you want to hear what we think about hellier um you know from from the perspectives of people that you know work in the field and and whatever then go subscribe to the patreon so i think i think it's an extremely effective piece of media let me put it like that i think it 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 does what it does very 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 well i agree with that part and and you can debate the um authenticity well that's the it's not like like the scruples but the um i don't know what's the fucking word i want to use um it is what it is i don't know just reduce it to that it is what it is but we'll get into that we'll get into that and you have to pay for us to get into it um there's also hey the new episode of weird world is out you subscribe to the patreon you get all episodes of weird world thus far what did we do last time arkansas yeah good one um you know and plus just uh all the other stuff I, there's so much stuff just just go over there try it out for a month if you hate it then leave it's fine um, yeah i think i think the how your episode is definitely gonna be one of those like sign up for a month check out the how your episode sure if you hate it you hate it and if you don't you know it'll it'll be worth the the check-in go through everything and then make your decision because i agree with that well just like we did you know we have we have our lost episode is also over there so yeah only place you can hear it and some people decided to subscribe just for the the one time and and then they left and i cried about it but i didn't judge them (laughs) to their face so um (laughs) it's fine it's whatever (laughs) things happen um anyway so we have courtney block here courtney what is it that you do Oh, thanks. <laughs> I never really know how to answer that question, but I'll just hit some highlights here. So sure. um, I am a librarian at a university here in Southern Indiana, and I'm also a writer and author, paranormal historian, if you will. So I like to talk about all aspects of the paranormal. I've always been super interested in it. Um, I think I remember 
I was just telling uh, somebody at the conference this weekend that one of the first stories that I ever remember consuming about the paranormal when I was a kid was the story about Loch Ness uh, and then the Tower of London and how it's like haunted. And um, so I just love talking about the ways in which people can locate paranormal resources themselves um, recently, that's sort of like what I've been into on my Instagram. I will, I love finding newspaper articles from like the 1800s about strange occurrences and ghosts and hauntings or whatever, and just reading them and, uh, showing people how they can locate those resources themselves. I think that is a really great, um, I mean, I think that's something that's needed, you know, with, there's so much out there about the paranormal, right? And so it's hard to like, have these kind of um, references or, or places that you can go to even start digging into the research. Um, so what you just, you just got into it because you were just a weird kid that was in, I mean, most of us were, but, but is that, is that your origin story? A, a little bit. Yeah, that's part of it. And the other part is that when I used to work in public libraries before I moved over to academic libraries and people constantly would come in and say things like, you know, there's some strange stuff happening in my house. Can you, do you have any uh, records here in your archives or your local history room that can maybe just help me figure out what might be going on or, or add to my, my knowledge of things? Uh, and then at the university, when I started working at the university, uh, the paranormal interest and in inquiry didn't stop. But what I noticed would happen is that students would approach the reference desk in mm -hmm. one of two ways about the paranormal. And they would either say things like they would either be apologetic about having an interest and they would say things like, this is probably really silly or you probably this, think this sounds stupid, but I'm interested in ghosts. I want to do my research paper on ghosts. Or they would say things like, there's probably no credible information about ghosts, which is what I want to write about. So can you just help me find a different topic? And I always thought both of those things were really unfortunate because nobody should be ashamed of having an interest in something that's just, you know, sort of on the, the so-called fringes, if you will. Um and also, it's just, you know, that that assumption, that perception that there's not credible inquiry and research into these topics is just incorrect. And so I started thinking, like, how can I use my librarian skills to combine these things? And that's a little bit more of the origin story. Okay. I think that's yeah, fun. I, I think that's exactly what you did with researching the paranormal is you you interjected your academic background into a curiosity about the paranormal and that is something that i think uh, a lot of paranormal investigators air quotes uh definitely need to utilize more is is the science behind inquiry and how to legitimately go about researching stuff and i mean you demystify a lot of stuff with it uh like just kind of breaking it down like this is how you would look up ufo sightings and really it's kind of the same not too much different than you would researching something for school or whatever you know but by giving people uh a textbook which is gonna be my next like is this is this being taught anywhere because it feels like it should be it feels like this should be part of a class or something 
Like I don't know, I don't know where, but like <laughs> you can get a degree in in parapsychology, and to my knowledge, that seems to be more popular in the UK. It's not a standard around the US, but I believe in the UK, it's kind of a big thing. It's not as big here. Right. Well, any 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 self taught paranormal researchers, this is the kind of this is the kind of book that they should have on their shelf. Um, you know, even more so than than first hand accounts or biographies about famous occultists or something. Like this literally lays the groundwork for you going out and doing your own research and um, you know, going about it in a legit and academic way. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. I um I just really wanted people to to yeah, know that there are credible resources and incredible historians and lots of different ways that you can, you know, access resources. And here, like, let me provide you some of these resources right there in the book that you can go, um, you know, purchase yourself or or ask your library to, to get a copy for you. Um, and it's, it's funny that you say, is this being taught anywhere? So I taught a class the summer of 2020. So <laughs> the height of the pandemic, I, I taught an online class about pretty much the inner, what my book is all about, the intersection of the research process with topics on the fringe. And it was a, it was a way for people to um, really sort of challenge their assumptions and stereotypes about the paranormal, but also about what it means for a topic and a person to be credible. Was this, was writing this book part of a grad school project? No. Okay. No. Uh, I, so it's sort of a funny story. Um, in late 2018, I think November or December, uh, I was going through some just burnout and I saw an email come through a listserv, uh, just a, a library listserv that I subscribe to. And it was from uh, my publisher who was saying that they were accepting proposals for their new series of, you know, reference works. And if you had an idea to just send it off to them. And uh, I remember <laughs> sort of seeing that email and being like, oh, sure. Let me send my idea to write this book about ghosts and hauntings and, you know, whatever. Uh, and I sort of I sort of just flippantly put my idea out there. Um, and I, I never expected to hear anything back, you know, because I was like, oh, they're going to get this and they're going to be like, what a weirdo. Uh, isn't that funny? Um, and then and then I got an email that said, hey, tell us more. I was like, oh, awesome. no shit. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's just, it sounds like you just started doing what you needed to do exactly when you needed to do it. And sometimes yeah. it works out that way. I think that's great. There uh, is a, yeah, there is a bit of aspect about that. Right. Uh, yeah. Like it, it seemed to happen when it needed to happen, like you said. And, and I think about that sometimes. And I think too about the message that that taught me about, you know, as much as I tell students to lean into their weirdness, it was a little, a little message for me too, a reminder to lean into my weirdness and just shoot your shot, you know, like what's the worst that could happen? Sure. Absolutely. And I mean, I, and look at you now, you just did a talk this weekend about, um, well, I, what was your talk about that you did at the conference? 
Yes. Um, so it was about the history of paranormal research. That that was half of my presentation was just talking about the people uh, and the organizations who, you know, from basically the late 1700s, you know, 1800s have been uh, scientifically looking into these anomalous topics and introducing people just to the fact that that exists and also highlighting some of the overlooked figures in that history. Um, and then the second half of my presentation was actually going into detail on some of the databases that are freely and openly accessible that people can use to find all sorts of, you know, information, not just about the paranormal, but but I tailored it, of course, to finding information about, you know, strange events. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, I think that's great. And I, I think people love stuff like that. I mean, you know what? People love to hear the stories, right? But people want to know how they can directly get involved with this stuff. And I agree. I don't think it's something that um, we talk about a lot just in the paranormal in general, maybe for fear of um, <clears throat> somebody stealing our thunder. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's just that we want to be the the pioneers, right? We want to be the discoverers and, and, and the researchers and the investigators. Um, but I'm excited because the only way that it is going to get legitimized is if you can have regular average everyday people get into this stuff. And people, like I said, they just like to be involved. So I, I think it's great. Now, you, you talked about teaching the class. Are, do you have plans to do that again in the future? Well, I hope so. Um, the class that I taught was part of a special seminar uh, for honors students and graduate students. It was like one of those hybrid classes. Um, uh, and it, it's just a program that's... Uh, I don't think they offer the same exact seminars every single, you know, semester. Um, so they rotate it. And I would love to uh, in the future. I hope that that happens. I think students had a great time with it. It got good feedback and it was really cool to see students' assumptions about all of those things, the research process, credibility, uh, right. the value of the paranormal, paranormal, the availability of paranormal resources. Um, it was cool to, to watch them unpack all of that. Well, you could certainly do your own type of private workshop and, you know, teach things like that. I mean, that, that could be an option. Then again, you're talking 10 times the work, you know, curating it and getting people that would attend and <laughs> things like that. Um, but gosh, I think that would be really, really cool. Um, you know, I, 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 th I think that like even making it kind of more accessible. So making it like a 16 and up program. I mean, cause if yeah. I were a teenager and there was something like that available to me, I would have done it for sure. Um, right. You know, and there just wasn't, there definitely wasn't anything. I got to go to a, uh, um, a cryptozoologist came to actually the writer of the weird uh, the weird USA books um, and he had just done weird Ohio he came and spoke at the library and of course was selling books and I jumped all over that but there was wasn't really anything else like that you know that you could go to um, that's a really know. great idea it's yeah just an idea. I, it's just an idea right I love it I have sort of thought about that um, I am just coming off of finishing my second book 
and I am starting my sabbatical. Um, sure. My sabbatical started last week, and so I'm <laughs> I'm sort of a, a little like low energy, but sure. um, but I I'm looking forward to taking some of the time on my sabbatical to think about how I can continue this momentum, and I think your your comment about that is um, very well taken, and 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 also too it it reminds me and something you said a little bit earlier about that sort of like that air of like competition and, and gatekeeping that sometimes right. happens and sometimes happens uh, happens quite a bit perhaps sure. in uh, the paranormal. I, I also want to point out too that if people kind of dig like what I do, um, they should also look into. Uh, librarians uh, who have come before me who have also done very similar things like uh, Rhea White uh, did a lot of uh, parapsychological research and bibliographical research like I do. Uh, George Eberhardt put together this amazing book called, are you ready for this? A Geobibliography of Anomalies. Um, and it's this gigantic book about like, you know, just all sorts of strange experiences from UFOs, ghosts, creature sightings. I mean, uh, so I'm not the first weird librarian. Uh, so if people are into this, they should check out those other folks too. Wow. Okay. I think that's, well, I'm not surprised that you're a librarian and that you're weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that that's probably actually pretty normal. Um, and, and I agree. I think that um, I, I'm glad that you're able to kind of go out there and present and, and say, hey, don't be afraid to ask us, right? That's, that's kind of what, what we're here for. That's kind of my job as a librarian is to help you research these topics. It's just that you found the the, the niche community that needs to um, be a little bit more separated from the stigma, um, right. which is still what we're working on. It's as sad as, sad as it is, it's 2022. And I know a lot of people forget, especially people listen to the show, you know, you guys forget we're all standing way too close to the sun, right? Um, <laughs> we don't realize that like normal people all the time aren't thinking about ghosts and cryptids and aliens. And we are, we're weird. So we still have to normalize it and, and get rid of that um, stigma and, and showcase things like, um, you know, your local librarian could be a weirdo. Right. And especially in, in a field where so much of it is just done by people Googling shit, you know, exactly. I mean? like that, that's like a joke that me and Asher's have all the time. Like, or are they really, are they not that we're being gatekeepers, but some people put in a lot of research and some people just Google shit. And it's right. very, it's, and I, I understand the trap of just Googling shit. It's very easy. It's, you can do it right. on your phone. You can do it while waiting in line at the post office. Whatever. Yeah, we all do it. Right. But to, to emphasize, no, going back to the library, there are certain things that, that can be gained from going into a library, uh, consulting with a librarian, doing research from, and act, you know, you make the point, you know, public libraries are great resources, but so are, are academic libraries as well. You know, and a lot of those are free to the public or free to local residents. And that's not something that you hear championed a lot, I feel like, in, in today's paranormal culture. Like, I don't think yeah. that it's being shunned upon, but it's just it's just something that we need to remind ourselves. Like, there are great, great resources out there for free um, as long as you're willing to put clothes on and go outside. Right. I, I totally agree with you. And um, I'm glad that, yeah, that sort of comes through in, in the book. And also, too, uh, I really want to remind people that there are so many 
wonderful databases. You don't even have to put clothes on and go into a building. Ooh, like you can, <laughs> you can access, for example, there is um, a really cool database called Chronicling um, America. Chroni Chronicling America, I think it's Historic American Newspapers from the Library of Congress. And it's online. It, it's a freely and openly accessible database that has historic newspapers from like 1600 something to 1963. Um, and it's just, you can type in, you know, whatever it is that you want to type in, whether it's paranormal or not. Um, and it's all digitized newspapers from across the country. And I, it's really fun. It's just fun sometimes to dig into that and look at these articles, uh, especially uh, in like the 30s and 40s about psychical researchers and uh, their experiments and, you know, famous poltergeist cases or whatever, primary sources. Like if people are interested in the Lizzie Borden case, oh my gosh, go to that database and find the actual primary like newspaper sources that were talking about it and dig into it and just see what you learn, you know? I think that's awesome. I, th I think it's great that you're doing this, um, that you're, because, you know, you can't, a lot of people don't know how, you know, that's the number one issue is that they don't know how, um, yes. you know, one of the questions that people ask me all the time is like, you know, how do you, how did, I mean, how do you do this? How do you get into it? What does that mean that you do this full time? They're very curious about not the stories, just the job itself, you know, how do you do this full time? And it is hard when you're learning, you know, and you're kind of trying to learn the ropes initially because you're like, you're just kind of lost, kind of wandering around. So I wish I had found your book um, before <laughs> when yeah. I had started <laughs> um, because the lack of, like I said, the lack of resources is an issue and just these reference guides. I mean, we need them so badly um, because community is our is our biggest asset to discovery and we need as many people as possible that can get to this information and can study it because we need all the perspective that we can get um you know which is i just i love this you know you're not um you know you're, you're not you're not uh you know dr jeff meldrum right you're not an anthropologist or you know you're, you're not a zoologist but you are a master of research and that is just as significant as having an astrophysicist or having a, a zoologist or right. you know, whatever it is that, you know, that, that people are doing with their credibility. I mean, we, we, we need, like I said, every little bit of resource that we can get. And I think it's, I think it's great. I love this. I love everything about it. Oh, I, oh. I'm, go ahead. Sorry. No, it was just, that was very nice of her. I was just going, oh, <laughs> yeah, I no, I, it's the I, mean side of me. <laughs> I really, really appreciate everything that you said. And, and uh, I really love what you said. It's about, it's about getting all the perspective you can get. And I think yeah. you really hit the nail on the head. Um, my books and, and the things that I talk about, like it, it's not about, it's not at all about me giving people answers to any of these paranormal questions. It's, yes. it's basically all about, how helping people find the resources where they can get as much perspective and like round out the information about a particular event, person, case, or whatever, so that they can come to their own educated conclusions about something. Um, and like you said, there's just 
There's so much information out there. It is so easy to get lost in the digital spaces, the physical spaces. Um, and so just being able to, to collate everything and just be like, hey, here are some good places to start. Right. Um, because like you said, it's so hard for people to know where to go. And then, and then Pat, like you were talking about, we, we default to Google because, you know, it, we're used to it and, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I love that you're saying that. I say that all the time as an investigator and even as a show host, it's not my job to tell you what to think about these things. It's my job to take the pieces of the puzzle and hopefully put it together and help finish that puzzle a little bit more. Um, and, and if I just finish a corner in my lifetime, Hey, that's a corner, that's a corner closer. So, you know, that's, um, I, I, I love that. I couldn't agree more. So the second book, it's not out yet. Is that right? This is not Right. It's not out yet. It comes out in September. Uh, September 15th, I believe, is is the tentative release date. And it is an encyclopedia of parapsychology. So it is, uh, well, it's an encyclopedia. <laughs> um, sure. I go through, uh, I present it in a little bit of a different way, though. Uh, the first part of it is biographical sketches of historic parapsychological and psychical researchers, modern researchers, and then biographical sketches of the mediums and the people who were so often at the center of these parapsychological inquiries. Uh, and then I present an annotated bibliography of resources from the 1870s through the 2020s. Um, so <laughs> it's wow. a lot. <laughs> And sure. I'm very excited for it to come out. And uh, I'm I'm also pretty tired. <laughs> I well, I understand the sabbatical. Are you going to be, um, you know, obviously not right now because it's just not coming out. Are you going to be updating this maybe in later years with new information? I think that that's a possibility, um, but I I don't have any like solid plans yeah. or haven't had any discussions with my, my publisher uh, and my editors about that. But um, I can see how that could possibly be a thing. And I would definitely be open to it. Um, and, and that's sort of my goal in writing and presenting what I presented was to update it from other really wonderful encyclopedic resources on this topic, because my book, my encyclopedia of parapsychology is not by any means the first type of uh, book on that topic or that encyclopedic treatment of that topic. But, um, you know, like there was one that was published maybe like 30 years ago, which is great, but there's been, you know, like there's been work since and, and, and just updating it to include like modern figures that have come along and, and modern research that has come along. So, yeah. Okay. What what chapter or topic uh, excited you the most for the encyclopedia? Oh, that's such a good question. That's okay. what I do. Who your favorite child is? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I really love the spiritualism era of the nineteen twenties and stuff. Yeah, like the that sort of like 1880s through the early yeah 1900s, like you're talking about. Um, 
And I, I love it just because I, I don't know, maybe I was like a Victorian in like a past life or something, but just that, that idea of like being in a seance and witnessing that sort of stuff. Like I just really dig it. Um, and I, I also, I also really think it's cool that um, a lot of the, you know, female mediums of the day, I mean, they were using the seance room as a way of circumventing societal expectations of the behaviors of women, um, you know, and, and it was obviously performative. And um, uh, I, I think some of it was probably genuine. I think there was also a lot of fraud and, and performance, but you know, that, that's, I'm not saying any of that is good or bad. But you like the outfits. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I, just that, that the aesthetic. Vibe. You're yeah, like, oh. Yeah. Just like the, the moody lighting and like the dark rooms and yeah, the, the seances and the table tipping. I mean, I'm just like, take me back. <laughs> so you, you have, but you have like a fair amount of like, just going off the, the book but like i mean you go out and you 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 go to these places and you you have a fair amount of experiences yourself um is that something i thought that was very interesting because you don't always get that crossover so you're i mean you have obviously you have the academic credentials but you also like to go to these places and try to see the stuff yes Um, is that something you think you're going to continue doing is there anything specifically like bucket list stuff you want to explore places you want to go and have you ever thought about writing about those? Just just a, a book about those or fiction? I know I'm throwing like four questions at you at once. <laughs> right. That's okay. Sorry. Get to them whenever you get to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No. Just you I... keep talking and we'll just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> okay. I have thought about doing uh, another book idea that I have contemplated is that I would really love to capture the stories of haunted libraries, uh, not only the stories of what what's happening in these spaces, but also the stories of what it's like for people to work in these spaces, because I think capturing the humans that are like in these spaces daily is also important. Like, what is it like um, in terms of bucket list? Um, you know, in 2018, I got to travel to the United Kingdom and I got to go to Loch Ness. And that was such a bucket wow. list thing for me. It was spiritual. <laughs> um, I, I would love to go. Um, I would love to go to the catacombs. Um, I haven't uh, been able to do that. I would love to um I'm trying to think of some like paranormal hotspots. Well, just to back up for a second, you said Loch Ness was very spiritual for you. Was yeah. it because of your own attachment to the place, or did you feel that there was something, um, there there was something spiritual happening there? It's interesting because when I was reading the book on Jack Parsons, he was a member of the OTO and a protege of Crowley's, and there's a, it's a, almost a throwaway line in there, but it's something I want to dig into deeper where some people attribute the last Loch Ness monster to Alistair Crowley and he first summoned it or something, or yeah, he had, he had so there was some connection there. I haven't looked into it deeper, but um, yeah, you see, you see this spiritual connection with the place or yeah. What was that about? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it was 
a combination of of the Loch Ness monster story being one of the very first paranormal stories that I remember reading as a child and always having that fascination. But I do think that there there was something a little bit more to it. And I don't think I've told this story actually publicly ever. Um, So I'll tell you guys, I remember being on the train. I sort of, I flew into London and I was actually there for, um, made my way up to Northern England for a library conference and then just stayed in the UK for about a month um, since I was over there and it was the summer and I was slowly making my way up northern England and then to Edinburgh and up to Inverness and you know back down again to London to fly home but as I was on the train from northern England to head into Scotland I remember sitting on the train and looking out the window And at one point, I just had this overwhelming sense of, I don't know, this might sound silly, but I just had this overwhelming sensation that I was home. And I looked down like I was returning to somewhere that I'd like been before or, you know, whatever. And I I remember looking down at my phone and I had just crossed over the border from England into Scotland. Um, And it's just interesting to me that like physiologically something in me knew that I had just like crossed the border, even though there were no markers or anything like that. Um, Yeah. So that's a little bit of it too. (laughs) Wow. Do you have Scottish heritage or anything? Not that I know. (laughs) I don't think I have any. I just, it was this, I just, it, it just felt so familiar. It just, it was such a cool place. And then being able to visit like Loch Ness and, and I was staying, when I went to the UK, I stayed in Airbnbs uh, pretty much exclusively because I wanted to meet people and, and talk to the people that live there, you know, and, and the Airbnb that I was staying at um, right pretty much on the lock was uh, this wonderful woman, like, uh, she lived there and just getting to know her and, and driving around with her. Like it was just, it was just the best. It was the best experience. I think it's interesting because when you were just kind of talking about getting into this stuff, I mean, obviously the, the Loch Ness monster was the very first thing that you had said just, just on the show earlier. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's, it's something, it's a creature that you seem to connect with for whatever reason. Um, so, I mean, I, you know very very cool very nice experience i'm very jealous i i want to go i hope you get to you know there's an old tale and i don't know all of it you know truth be told i only really deep dive topics that i can physically get to and investigate um but i love i love lake monsters and i love sea. i love aquatic cryptids like those are my absolute favorite anything that that can swim and anything that can fly i'm i'm there um but there's like an old legend that um a a redhead would stand at the lock and could summon nessie by singing to it so i when i go um (laughs) that's what i'm gonna do does it count if you're if it's like a die job though like I does it does it know transgender so I was I was born a blonde but I'm supposed to be a redhead so I um, I think it counts um I think it counts you're manifesting your best self I I have a follow-up question though because you bring up well I guess it's for the both of you but you know you bring up um 
you've alluded to like past lives and stuff, which is something that we've never talked about on the show. But I feel like such. Uh, I grew up in a in a in a household where new eighties and nineties new age stuff was uh, kind of all over the place, right? And this idea of past lives was something that was talked about fairly often. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that like you know was was super dwelled on, but it's a concept that I was very familiar with at a young age. Even though uh, being raised Catholic and going through 12 years of Catholic school totally flew in the face of everything that Catholicism teaches. Like, you know, you're not reborn or anything like that. You have one life and then you go to heaven. So, um, like, Asher's, like, what's your, like, like past lives, have you ever gotten that a sense of that or, like, a feeling for that? Um, I, I, I don't necessarily feel like I have, but once again, going back to the other book that I was reading this weekend, like that was something that was brought up a lot too, and it kind of made me stop and think about it. How this was this was one of these paranormal fourteen concepts that were very popular, and seemed like it's maybe waning a little bit now. I don't know if the past lives thing is as hot as it used to be. Uh, but. Yeah, no, I, you know that's a good question. There is somebody who I would love to bring on the show, and we could get him on the show, um, who believes that he died during the Silver Bridge collapse. Oh wow! And, well, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah oh yeah it's very 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 cool he has the most impressive and like you know mothman's my thing but he's got the most impressive mothman collection that you've ever seen and it's not just like little knickknacks and shit like he's got a piece of the bridge wow um, oh yeah all kinds of stuff i'd love to get him on the show um but yeah i mean i've talked to him personally i um i i don't remember any past lives i have no memories of things like that however i do subscribe to numerology quite a bit uh, more so than even like astrology and things like that and in, in, in numerology you're born with a particular life path and um, in numerology you kind of continue to like be reborn and you're kind of working your way up through the numbers so if you're if you're born at a one then your next life you're going to be at a two and those numbers kind of um, track the whole theme of your like your entire life and your purpose and like what you're doing here um, so, I mean, I, I do, I, I'm not going to say I 100% believe in the concept, but I can definitely lend some, you know, I, I could see some truth there because like I said, I, I've subscribed to that idea. Um, so that's what I think about it. What about you, Courtney? Do you, do you follow that or do you maybe have uh, past life memories? I don't know. Wow. That I was just really taking in everything that you said. Um, <laughs> because I have a, I, I was just making a, a numerological connection as you were talking. Uh, so I, I'm like you, I, I'm open to it. I honestly kind of don't know if I a hundred percent believe in like anything. <laughs> full okay, yes. Right. I don't even know if I a hundred percent believe that I'm like sitting here in my Same. office. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have that problem a lot. <laughs> right. Um, but I but I think that that's a healthy way of looking at especially things like the paranormal. Like, hey, okay, that's that's interesting. Like that's that a can thing. happen. We <laughs> don't know everything. Like we we don't even know what consciousness is. Like maybe I don't know. Um, but I don't have any I don't have any uh real specific like past life, you know, uh, experience or stories. Uh, I think the closest thing that I get to that is that really intense feeling on the train, uh, crossing over and, and just like knowing in my like body, like I am here. Like I, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if that's because maybe when I was young, like my, my mind and my energy was like focused on 
like Loch Ness and the United Kingdom and and maybe it was to get a little woo about it maybe like my consciousness had spent so much time there that I recognized it physically when I was there um and when what you were saying Asher's about numerology just made me think about this dream that I had um a couple years ago in July of 2020 uh my my grandfather had passed away and a couple of weeks after I had a dream where I was standing like right next to him we weren't looking at each other we were standing next to each other and he just lifted up his hand and pointed towards me and he said your number is 13. okay and and that was basically it and then we both sat down like at the same time like synchronized like sitting like we both sat down like in the same way at the same time on a set of folding chairs and then uh which is interesting because i am grandchild number 13 uh but also as you were just talking about like numerology and and like incarnations of lives i was just like well like i just sort of had a moment like wow maybe maybe there's something to that because uh i remember my parents telling me one time that that, that was one of the first things like my grandmother had kind of said about me when I was born, like she's an old soul. Sure. And that could certainly, do you know what your life path number is? No. Okay. Well, you know, we won't do it on the show. We'll talk about it after the show. I'll help you out. Okay. <laughs> we'll the significance <laughs> in, is there, but um, 13 actually breaks down to the number four. So if you, if you have a two digit number, right, you take the two, the two numbers and you add or three digits or whatever you add them together until you're down to a singular number. Um, so you're, you would be down to four. Um, and four is a big um, signifier of um, change. I mean, it's hugely significant. Uh, 2020 was a four year. And as you know, 2020 um, just shit hit the fucking fan and the world has never been the same since then. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll sit down and we'll, we'll talk about it outside of this. Yeah. <laughs> cool i'm excited <laughs> maybe what well, we've never done a show in numerology i don't talk about my spirituality a lot just because you know you tell people you're a witch and they freak out so they get yeah. their pitchforks and they come for you and they hate you so. <laughs> i mean and i'm just like guys i just manifest it's the same thing as prayer like I, we're doing it's the same thing it's the same thing as prayer <laughs> I, the same thing <laughs> i know i'm with you and pat something that you said i i really identified with i was uh raised catholic as well and um there's in so indiana much... yeah yeah Whoa. what are catholics are... what do you mean there's no catholics in indiana <laughs> not that not that i know no, oh well Good for you guys pat also doesn't think there's juggalos in chicago but <laughs> there's, there's not <laughs> oh my gosh i but you know it's funny though because i um i uh there's so many parallels especially the ritualistic aspect of you know catholicism like my god it's steep no pun intended it's steeped yeah. in ritual and yeah. um even though i don't necessarily you know practice uh catholicism uh, i uh there there are those parallels like i have a deep appreciation for ritual um but i'm also kind of like you ashers i i don't i, I don't really talk about that a lot <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, yeah. A, it's like it's the same reason why we don't talk politics on the show much because then you kind of alienate alienate different people, and I just want people to have the information. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's why when I um when I got older and I started to read about different religions, um, 
that having the background in Catholicism made me way more open to uh, reading and kind of tolerate, I guess, I'm tolerating, but whatever, uh, other other faiths is that uh, Catholicism is so magic-y and compared to the other religions, especially like I, I married a girl from Indiana that's Lutheran, and that's why I brought that up, is because all her people, her clan are all Lutheran. And um, that is so stripped down. Protestant religions are so kind of stripped down. And I get what they're, that's the whole point of them, right? Was that they were trying to do it, go away from what the Pope and the Roman Catholic Church was doing and uh, bring it back to basics. But having that background in Catholicism, yes, you're used to the statues, you're used to the saints, you're used to the candles, you're used to the, the, the different prayers and all that stuff and, and asking for intercession and all this. And when you when you start reading about pagan religions and stuff, it, it doesn't seem that foreign. And that was one of the first connections that I made was that people talk about the power of prayer and yes, it is, it's manifesting will, you know, it's just used in a different way and, and, and described differently, but it's the exact same process. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, that, but th that's a good question about the, uh, about the life paths and definitely interesting about just ritualistic religion. Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't subscribe to most religion just because it's whatever I'm, I'm alive now. Right. That's my purpose is to be alive right now. And I'll figure it out what happens when I die, when I die. Right. I worry about it then. Right. Um, but <laughs> it's just kind of my general rule. If I was meant to know, I would know. And I don't because I'm just a human. Um, I, I wish I wasn't, I wish I was something cooler, but I'm not, um, I'm the coolest human, but anyway. you're a podcaster. I mean, that's kind of count for something, right? I guess so. I don't know if maybe God <laughs> doesn't like podcasts. I don't know. Maybe he loves them. We'll see. Maybe he's I, think, I think I think he, I think she loves this one. Yes, I was just about to oh, say. I beat you to it. <laughs> yes, this is. I know those dog whistle phrases. Come on, it's her favorite podcast. <laughs> her favorite podcast, right? Hey God, we should make a sticker that says "God's favorite podcast," and then it's on Wednesdays we talk weird. Anyway, yes, that would be ideas. <laughs> We're doing it. Genius. Put that shit on a fanny pack, yo. <laughs> yes. Um that's so funny anyway so the what were we talking about oh the your next book oh my gosh so you said it's coming out september yes yeah it's uh tentatively slated i think for september 15th and uh which is yeah. a thursday almost i was hoping it would be on a wednesday but no oh man but, how uh, great would that be synchronicity it would have been perfect do you have any very specific and particular theories about anything in general some of us even though we're very open about things um there are some hills that like we are just going to die on um you know mine is you know mothman was never a moth type creature not even an owl type creature it's a person it looks like a person and it's a very personal experience not a harbinger of doom um do you have anything like that in in, in your uh, repertoire there Wow, that's a great question. Um, I'm trying to think of how to answer that. I I want to lean towards no, just because I I'm so open to just the weirdness of it all. Sure. That and and I guess okay. I guess the only thing that I am sort of dedicated to is that I don't know shit. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fine. Like we don't, we don't, we have theories and theories are great. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't know. And so I guess 
the only thing that the only hill maybe that I would die on is that, you know, people who maybe, you know, are, are adamant in telling you, like, I know for a fact that the, you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank, you know, sure. it's kind of like, well, okay, it's not really my jam. Um, sure. but, uh, no, I mean, I, I do sort of joke with people sometimes that, that I feel like, uh, I feel like everything is kind of a ghost, if you will. Like I get sure. very philosophical about it. Um, I do really enjoy kind of talking about that notion. Like uh, even that the idea that that we, like the three of us, we're ghosts, right? Like we're <laughs> the people that we're going to be two years from now. Like that's a ghostly form. Uh, the people that we were five oh, minutes ago, okay. that's a ghostly form. You ever um, read uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? <laughs> I have not. Oh, because that's, yeah, that's that's the one of the theories espoused in there as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I get we're very, surrounded by ghosts. Yeah, yes, I do. I do think that. Um, uh, so maybe that's one of the, the things to answer your question, Asher's. But um, yeah, I, I get very philosophical about it. Uh, I don't I don't have any hard and fast definitions for anything, really. Sure. I know. I think that's good. And I think I, I love that you bring that theory up in particular, because that's not one that, that you hear a lot about. So I think that's neat that, um, you know, you think that I, I get um, I, I don't believe that ghosts are what we think. I don't think they're dead people. Yeah. Um, you know, I just don't I just think that that's very sad if like you can die and then you end yeah. up still being fucking here you know so right right you know, how terrible right um, you know and, and one time i stood up at a whole paranormal convention and told everybody that i thought that and they were like oh and i was like wait a minute hold on because <laughs> i didn't right. say fuck, things weren't real i just said ghosts aren't real or ghosts aren't yeah. real. um you know so i that's very interesting that that you have um you know something but i think it's a good thing to keep an open mind because i'll tell you when i started in all this a lot of my opinion we've even done it on the show um you know and i'd like to revisit more topics eventually but we never really run out of shit to talk about um <laughs> but you know to kind of retopic or retopic revisit different topics and kind of look at where it is now because my opinions change so much with new information and yes <laughs> you know, it should um so I, I i you know personally i understand i hate dying on any hill like this is what it is i know for a fact because i know how quickly that can change with just a new story or a new right. pattern or you know whatever it is you're researching um right. you know can definitely and i think that's really important i think that once you have people who have had the same opinion about things for years and years and years um that's a, probably a problem Right. And it, it really reminds me of um, uh, something you just said there, reminds me of how the occurrence of near-death experiences skyrocketed drastically after the invention of the defibrillator, right? So mm -hmm. when we suddenly had this ability to, to shock people and bring them back literally from the dead, I mean, you know, to get a little poetic about it. Um, <laughs> we people were suddenly reporting in in large numbers these these experiences um and these these near-death experiences and so it's also like you were saying about change like the more that we the more that we create things and invent things where we learn more about how you know just consciousness and the human experience and um 
yeah, I think when you when you are too tied down to like your beliefs, you you lose the ability to kind of expand your horizon. Yeah, definitely. I we should do an episode on near death experiences too. Dude, we should. I didn't. I didn't want to bring this up, but talking about defibrillators, I just got one put in. He did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, literally. I, I think I think we need to give this thing a fucking shot and see what That's happens. That's a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ready to find out, Pat? Oh, let's do it. That'll put that on the Patreon. Shit, man. <laughs> fucking we'll meet up with Tobias Whalen in Milwaukee. Right. I've always, I've always gotten good vibes in Wisconsin. We'll go up to Milwaukee or Kenosha. And uh the broad stop. We'll host it at the broad stop. Oh, we're just gonna get like a fucking just a whole we're gonna, we're gonna party till Pat goes into cardiac arrest. Thing, yeah, my, my my defibrillator will kick in. We'll videotape the whole thing, and I'll tell everybody what I saw. <laughs> this sounds very. This is this is very flatliners vibes now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I didn't say I came. I didn't invent the idea, but no. I will be. Uh, I'll carry Pat, it through to fruition. Pat's willing to be the guinea pig. I mean, hey, we were going to do the DMT thing. We haven't found the DMT yet, so this is plan B. Oh. Oh, we can make the DMT. It's the doctors we have to find. That's the hard part. Um, well, <laughs> that's the difficult one. Trying to get people to sign off on a DMT experiment is hard. Um, <laughs> it's difficult. Now my niece is a nurse. She'll do it. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, she, she's it's like a Botox work. nurse. She has like Botox parties in my sister's basement where like her friends come over and she gives them injections and shit. I don't, I don't think that's legal. Well, I forget. I forget I said anything. <laughs> Sorry. I tried to rat her out. I was like, I thought like, hey, look at the. Look at Everybody listening to this, just forget that that yeah. Pat was lying. That's a. Hope. I think you can um, have because she I also forget. does like the IV of vitamins thing when you're hungover. Yeah, like, I feel like I've heard of Botox parties. Yeah, I don't think it's that illegal. I mean, All right, I'm not. Maybe going... in the same way you shouldn't do tattoo parties because there's some kind of health department thing. Like you probably shouldn't be able to like put a tattoo, like do a tattoo on somebody in someone's living at room, home, yeah, and a kegger with like dogs running around and shit. But like people still do it. It's not like criminal. It probably like breaks like health code violations, but it's not. Criminal. Yeah, but I think you can lose your license, your medical license, if they find out you're doing something. I don't know. I don't know what the ins. Nurses are. don't have. They have bachelor's degrees. They don't have medical licenses. They're just nurses. They have nurse. They have their nursing license. Well, I was gonna say let's wait. I mean, give them more credit than that. They're right. Like, it's not. Just oh no, 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 no! I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I'm just saying I don't <laughs> think they have to be licensed. They're like librarian would you i mean i assume she would know you can settle this <laughs> i don't know i mean <laughs> i i think that they i i really don't know i would assume that there's probably some sort of uh credentialing that that happens probably and you can I lose them for malpractice i mean you can't just like go malpracticing all over the place like you, you have to <laughs> you have to have like some type of um you know i know people that do a lot less in the medical field um that have gotten in trouble for a lot less all right, we'll just okay. uh, let's cut all this shit out then. I'm sorry. No, I'm keeping it. You're, you're, you're you know what? I'm keeping it in. Right. You done said it. Now everybody go go to Pato's uh, niece. No, 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 no. And go get your Botox and your your hangover Shh. vitamins. That's right, Frank California. Frank California's niece. Yes. Uh, anyway, um. What were we talking about before? I don't even remember how we got to that. Uh, whatever. We were talking about near-death experiences. Near-death yes. experiences, yes. Um, yeah, they're really <laughs> interesting. That's been a topic that I've been really heavy into studying. Um, and 
before before i almost died i didn't cross over i didn't have a near-death experience where i almost crossed over but i almost died and it had a lot of it still has a lot of psychological stuff to it um but since then just because i've been trying to get help with my psychological stuff um i've also opened up a whole new can of worms into near-death experiences because i had a fascination with them before and it's really interesting how different the stories are um it, it, they're just vastly different i have a friend that died four times legally died four times they're drug yeah. addicts. it happens yeah and uh nothing happened each time that's what they said nothing what happened nothing nothing i just woke up and i was alive and that's kind of honestly probably the most comforting answer to me personally is that you just don't even know that you died um but i've also had people that had interesting like my grandma i think i've told this on the show before she saw a lot of really weird shit before she died she knew she was gonna die she told us all and um you know had everything planned she knew she was gonna die and then she saw like aliens and shit before she died i mean she had a lot yeah she had a lot of weird stuff she uh my aunt one time she called my aunt and was like why don't you just come inside and she's like what are you talking about she was like i see you outside standing around the door and she's like no that's not me <laughs> you know and my grandma wasn't like demented she you know she had dementia or she wasn't losing her mind i mean she was very of sound mind and she was seeing aliens just sitting in the living room and you know my my a doppelganger of my aunt outside i mean very interesting stuff so i've always been fascinated by the topic and now that i've had kind of my own you know situation and it's brought me kind of back to digging into it a little bit more i've read people's stories and they're all so different from each other um and it just solidifies that god we really don't know <laughs> we really have no fucking clue yeah. you know? so did you say your grandma saw a doppelganger of your aunt while she was in that sort of end of life stage she, i mean she was yeah um she was still at home when that was happening but it was within a couple of weeks after that she passed um and she yeah but yeah she saw her outside uh walking around outside and was wow. like just and come on in your aunt at the time was she alive yeah mm-hmm. yeah she, that yeah is, She's that's alive. so fascinating that reminds me of um the the publication phantasms of the living that came out like night early 1900s late 1800s i can't exactly remember but uh that the uh society for psychical research put uh put together and and they discovered basically that yeah people uh people were reporting uh large numbers of you know seeing these phantasms of the living if you will which it sounds like your aunt was a phantasm of the living because she's alive and and usually what it was is these instances of people who uh like if if i were sitting here and saw uh an apparition of somebody i would later learn that they had been like in a really bad accident or maybe maybe they had been in the process of dying but they weren't dead yet or they had like a near-death experience um, but it's fascinating to me that this is sort of like the opposite. Like your grandma was the one that was in that sort of liminal process of, you know, transitioning yeah. and dying, and 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 she she herself was was that one in that near death state and saw saw a phantasm of the living. <laughs> it was a very odd, um, you know, con- it was a very odd experience. She had um, she was on oxygen. She had really bad COPD. 
and somehow some way in the middle of the night her oxygen line was kinked and she yeah. didn't have oxygen for so long oh. um so she was rushed off to the hospital and we all thought well that was it she's gonna die there's no you know there's not gonna be any brain activity but she fully and completely recovered from that and wow then went on to go live another two months and it was within that two month time period again this she was very independent um still you could hold a regular conversation with her i mean she was in her 70s so she mm. wasn't crazy old or anything she was very very much of sound mind but she would just say this shit like seeing my aunt outside or like i said she um she was like laughing one time with one of my other aunts my grandma had a million kids and uh we're italian mm. and uh <laughs> You know, she was just kind of laughing at my aunt. She was like, look at that funny guy next to you. And she's like, what are you talking about funny guy? She was like, the little alien, the little E.T. thing. And she's like, what? The what? And she was like insistent that there was like some creature that was like E.T. sitting there. I love it. And, you know, and, and it was just, she was just having a normal conversation. It was weird. But also, my grandfather, her, well, it was my step-grandfather. When he died, his watch, his wristwatch stopped at his time of death whoa my grandmother when she died stopped at the time of her her living room clock stopped at her time of death no way and you know it's just the it's the, one of the craziest things and this was all before i was i was an investigator i mean i was a paranormal enthusiast and up until that point well actually i wasn't i've always been into cryptozoology i didn't believe in the paranormal and, and things but <laughs> it was probably one of the i mean one of the craziest paranormal experiences I, i've ever had but it got me really interested in people that that died and kind of what they were doing up until the point of death and not just like old people i mean just everybody whenever people die they seem to know that they're gonna die before they do it right and i can't say that for certain just because it's not something that i have taken the time to really look into but so far i've seen a lot of cases of it and they just kind of know and she knew she told me and she called me one day she said hey i'm dying what, what do you want and she was man she's like, what are you talking about you're healthy she's like no i'm dying it's it's gonna happen and she wow. just knew <laughs> it was right. wild so anyway um that's yeah i didn't realize that that was uh, a phenomenon that took place i'm gonna look into that more and see but yeah near-death experiences have definitely fascinated me um we recently had a study come out of people that that were dying um, and they're, and, you know, a lot of, they describe it like a DMT trip, which is why we kind of got interested in, in DMT a lot was because it's yeah, purely academic, academic reasons, not because we're degenerate drug users. Yeah. I've never done it, but you know, I'd like, well, I, I was into it because of the machine elves, you know, I thought that was fascinating. People having the exact same experience right. touching each other, having it. <laughs> right. That's great. Well, I mean, <laughs> so. That kind of, you guys are touching on something that reminds me that I wanted to make the point that, you know, even though like I, I talk a lot about, you know, accessing primary sources and, and talking about research that people have done too, like I, I don't ever want anyone to translate that as me saying that that's like the only uh, way in which to, to, to view the paranormal or, or the own, that that's like the only legitimate way, because to me, the, the personal subjective paranormal experience is just as, if not more important <laughs> than, sure. you know, clinical laboratory study. Absolutely. Well, you got to have all of it. You know, that's the thing about it is that it's a mixture of, of a lot of it, just like you were telling your, uh, 
your your experience at Loch Ness. I mean, it's such a personal experience, um, but it doesn't make it any less real. And and kind of sometimes, um, you know, Tobias said something a long time ago that I agree with uh, on the subject of synchronicity, saying, you know, so des- describing synchronicity to somebody is like describing a dream because it's so personal that you don't get it unless you're there yeah. experiencing it and and a lot of these types of topics are a lot of that it's a lot of intuitive feelings right um and it doesn't downplay the situation at all i mean we could have confirmation bias that's true but yeah. we have these intuitive feelings also mixed with yes pieces of actual evidence <laughs> so Absolutely. yes oh yeah. you're putting it you're putting it so much better yeah it's 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 both and you know yes. it, it's not either or and yes. you can you can be somebody who loves and sees the value in you know the scholarly literature and also uh an experiencer and and you don't you know you don't need anybody to validate the importance of that experience for you and right at the same time you know value the scientific method i mean it's it's both and <laughs> it's, it's absolutely both i mean that's what the, the, the intuitive side leads to the curiosity and the curious leads to the science for sure and, and like, so yeah. you could be a master of either you could be somebody that just does not believe in that woo shit whatsoever right. it's ridiculous yeah. i'm only gonna study the science or you could be somebody that's like i feel it and i know it fuck yeah. the science yeah and like, you just will have an important part to play in the community absolutely absolutely and that also reminds me that like you can just enjoy digging into uh like some of the databases and stuff that i talk about like newspaper databases like you can just simply enjoy (laughs) scrolling through them and reading them you don't need to do anything with it um you don't need to you know sort of uh turn it into anything uh turn it into any product if you will or, or you know whatever like it's okay to just enjoy uh, and have fun and be entertained by these things and right. consume these things. Like I, I feel like a lot of times people feel that feel that pull to like you know do something with with that. But it's okay to just like stuff, you know. Just 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 liking shit is okay. Yeah, that's totally valid. <laughs> I agree. <Yeah. laughs> I do. I do like that. Pato, do you have any follow up? Any other questions? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough um courtney where can people find you um you know and 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 uh dig into your stuff and more importantly where can they buy your book okay (laughs) yeah so i am most active on instagram um you can find me at liminal.librarian um and uh, i like to i try at least once a week to uh, to have some lives where I'm reading these, you know, old like newspaper stories about ghosts or, or whatever. And I'll just sort of tell you really quickly, one of my favorite stories that I've ever cr- come across was in the late 1800s in Philadelphia. Um, and it was about these two guys that were renting a room like in a boarding house. And one of them wakes up in the middle of the night, claims that he sees a ghost floating on a cloud. The ghost smacks him in the face and shoots through the ceiling wow i the way that it is written is maybe this is bad to say but the way that it is written is absolutely hilarious and like you can see it it's like a movie like you can see it played out in your 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 mind and it is just like the best thing ever and it's so just like hyperbolic and over the top right this ghost on a floating cloud like smacking people in the face i mean 
come on. Is yeah. this one of your Instagram lives? Yes. <laughs> I'll have to find it and like reshare it. So <laughs> what's the yeah? I was gonna say what 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 week is it? Because I started to watch some of them. Oh yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. Cool. Um, and oh, sorry for that loud noise. Just <laughs> wow, I'm just um, kidding. It's fine. <laughs> that was me. That was me. Um, yeah, and people can find my book uh, on on Amazon. They can get it directly through my publisher though uh roman and littlefield it's r-o-w-m-a-n um and if you use the code r-l-f and f for our friends and family 30 r-l-f and f 30 you get 30 percent off oh um but also too i want to remind people that um you can also ask your library to get a copy for you Ooh, Um, yeah yeah, yeah. Ask your library to get a copy for you because, you know, uh, I so appreciate everybody who who has, you know, got a personal copy of my book. Like, Pat, like, I'm thank you so much. Um, but I also understand that, like, we don't have the ability to buy all the books that we would ever want. And so um, ask your library to get a copy for you because your authors still get paid and, and then you get to read it for free. And I don't know, maybe you can spend your money on wine or cheese or something, but (laughs) um, you still get to read it and then it's in a library and other people can access it. That is a wonderful. I've never know anybody we've ever had on the show about books. I've never suggested that. And that's a great suggestion. Yeah. I love Um, that you know so that's wonderful i'll put all the links down below um you know with with that code on there as well so you guys can get on and and order um okay well then i guess that's all we have for you this week um courtney again thank you so much for coming on um (laughs) this has been fantastic i loved every minute of it likewise Mm. thank you all for having me sure sure well we'll see you guys back here next wednesday